Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and Howling New Moon Rising, which is Howling 7. We are on episode 5, covering minute 5 of both of these movies. And um, to those of you wondering, um, uh, have I have I finished reading Gary Bradner's um, The Howling yet? I ha- actually haven't got any um, further along, further, further along, further, 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 um, farther along for in, in the book than the last time. There's still the couple are still going to the retreat after uh, something terrible has happened with her, and um, so I um yeah I still haven't read much more of The Howling just because as I was setting up The Howling two to talk about here I saw based upon the novel The Howling 2. And I was like, gosh, I, I so want to read The Howling 2 now if it's as crazy as the movie is. So let us let us actually go on now to Howling 2. Your sister's aware of Minute 5. So we are at the funeral, and um, uh, Dee Walls' character from the first movie, it's her, it's her funeral. It's her, it's your funeral. and uh, But it's, it's not really her in the coffin. And there's a woman in the front row kind of looking suspiciously over at Reb Brown, who's, who's unhappy in the front row. Uh, the other side, the other front front row, the pew, um, the pew, and uh, in the back, Christopher Lee is kind of lording over everything. In the same way that the priest is a, it's actually the, this minute begins with the priest in the left hand corner, sort of out of print, uh, out of print, out of focus, and sort of the coffin and the the, the well. Sort of the first rows of people are actually sort of in focus, but then Christopher Lee is kind of looming out of focus way in the back, and in the center of the image of these two the two bright doors, the entrance doors to the church. I did notice. I apologize in the last uh, episode. I did have um, some uh, audio hiccups, and I think when I mentioned that Christopher Lee is lording around in the back, um, I think um, that's not there. So Christopher Lee is lording around in the back. I apologize um, if that if you didn't hear that, and if you think you did hear that then nothing went wrong. So this is the end of the funeral and minute five of Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf. Reflect upon our own lives. Reaffirm our belief in the power of love and rid our hearts of all thoughts of hate. Amen. Amen. the station. Uh, police leaked the story that six bodies were found mauled and killed by either wild dogs or coyotes. Coyotes? The coroner said that the marks found on the bodies were made by canine teeth. Canine teeth? Sure, Steve. Well, what happens in this minute? The funeral ends. That's uh, that's one big thing. Oh, t- to start at the beginning, if this is Los Angeles, and uh, they probably say in the commentary where, where this is filmed, it doesn't look very Los Angeles to me when they step out of this... Uh, mausoleum um there there are coyotes in in los angeles on on some cold uh nights on nights when we have um the fire fires here um we will you will sometimes i mean i've looked out on more than one occasion seen a coyote walking down the street at three in the morning um and we're a suburban street right here we're good suburban people um uh and um so yeah i've seen that i've actually on on 
two occasions we found the cats like mauled by they could be wolves too um but he says yeah wild dogs are coyotes i've never seen any wild dogs i mean my dog george will go nuts sometime and pee on everything but i don't think that's the kind of wild he's talking about not like wild like john belushi wild more wild like um more like a Brad Brad Dorif wild kind of you know, or I was gonna say the Manson fan, but you you know that kind of uh, that kind of wild. Um, so yeah, what happens is I'm in the funeral lands, and uh, and we get those those final moments with the priest. Um, the priest who seems angry, telling people not to give in to hate. You sons of bitches. And there's there is a weird moment where um, he just goes into this like this this amen or amen as they're, they're known amen. Amen, 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 and and with each amen, you you see Red Brown, you see the leading lady, whose name I forgot. Is it McEnroe? Any McEnroe? And then you see Christopher Lee all giving some amens out, and you just see Red Brown kind of holding the hand of the little old lady uh, next to him, who, who suddenly doesn't look as old in this minute as she did in the previous minute. And they they put the um the coffin into the the drawer as it were the mausoleum and then you see everyone leaving the mausoleum and you see the lady who was in the in the front row there um who's apparently a reporter uh talking to apparently her boss about these these bodies mauled by coyotes and such um so yeah the uh the body of um now i mean i i applaud them and it, it's not d wallace but for a brief moment when you see a close-up of her face at the funeral you think oh it's her no it's not but then you see her um, as they're pushing the coffin in the mausoleum and her eyes pop open when they shut the door, which is really nice. It has a um, Gates of Hell kind of feel to it. And uh, so so I'm, I'm expecting to hear from her possibly in the next minute. And uh, I, I, I do wonder, though, um, you, you don't quite get clear. Did they leave the top off the coffin? when they're I mean, because there's a point of view shot from inside the coffin looking up at everyone looking at her. And then you see a shot of her in the coffin. And I, I can't quite figure out if they left the top off the coffin, if they're just looking at the top of the coffin, and just, like, the point of view is just to show the coffin going in, not to show, like, her point of view. Or or if um, they get given her, like, a vampire or vampire-style uh, window that, that she can look out. Um, that's a film I haven't seen in a while. That that film would be an interesting minute-by-minute film. Has anyone done Murnau's Vampire? Maybe. Uh, it's a good idea, um, but he, um, yeah. So she gets pushing the thing, and the and it's 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 slightly odd because we're in a church for the funeral, but then it sort of cuts to everyone, and it looks like everyone's holding the coffin, and it looks like they're putting her body into like a crematorium at first, but then you realize they're in a mausoleum, and then you you think because there you, there's so many people around it, you, for a split second I thought they were still in the church, but they're not because whenever you see everyone leaving the mausoleum, but the mausoleum isn't. I mean, the church is church size, so seeing all those people in it works but when you see all the people coming out of the mausoleum you think boy it got crowded in there unless it's a tardis and it's much larger inside but um it's slightly awkwardly done we we see the church we're inside the church then while we're um uh the funeral finishes and then we cut from inside the church to a shot inside the mausoleum with the with the the coffin being rolled in door shut and then we see in the distance the mausoleum and all the people coming out of it it's slightly awkwardly done um i get what they're trying to do we keep it moving keep it moving um and no one's really thinking about it as much as i'm thinking about it uh, but um but yeah it's, it's slightly strange 
Well, of course, again, at the end of the minute, there isn't there isn't too much going on. The um, presumably the um, the uh, the body's mauled. Uh, that would be werewolf related, and and the sister's going to come back to life, and we're going to meet up with Red Brown soon. And Chris really was standing in the background, clearly not family member um, for a reason. I'm not sure why, if this woman is a reporter, why she um, well, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out, right? Why she was in the front row. You know, I haven't been to a lot of funerals in my life, but I've I've been to more at a young age than I would care to talk about. And, but they usually stack the family in the front rows. It's not like, okay, we're going to have, um, yeah, we're going to have brothers and sisters in here and any reporters or random character actors can come and sit in here. That's not usually the way it works that I know of. This could be a denomination that I don't understand. I do like how the woman who was sitting in the front row, um, first she says coyotes and then and then the minute ends with her kind of having this dazed look on her face which she kind of had when she was in the movie let's keep an eye on her eyes and see how dazed she looks throughout it but that that's kind of about it uh, with this minute um we put her in the coffin she's still alive mauled bodies small mausoleum lots of people inside um yeah so let me let me let me end there i won't go overboard howling new moon rising minute four ended with a police officer talking to a priest about it was a marianne summers a woman who let's see what was it um they they what was they find it's already overcomplicated they found the body of like a homeless guy or someone who stole a purse from a woman who was caught on some footage film footage at a circus that was in town a little while ago and this priest who is some sort of supernatural priest um put in a missing persons report on this woman marianne summers and they're trying to sort of work through what's going on and then then the minute ended with um the minute ended with the priest asking what what killed him it was it was they say it was like a dog or a wolf but it would have been have to be twice the size of the hounds of the baskervilles and that's where we left off with those two guys chatting well according to the experts the wolf attacked while i'm standing on his hind legs that would have made it well over six feet tall do you know what sort of wolf killed this man a very big one Happy Halloween. Let's not forget that Howling New Moon Rising is a Halloween movie. You see it right at the end of the fifth minute where I'm watching with the bartender is about to crack open a beer for Ted, uh, the long, uh, the, the Australian gentleman who was on the motorcycle um, and uh, the past few minutes with the long red hair and the um, salt and peppery beard and such. He spends most of the minute looking through a jukebox and a sort of frowning at it uh, so happy halloween everyone and this one begins with the gag of the uh, a very large one or a very big one which i think is is is, is pretty good um i um 
I wish the scene hadn't ended with that. The ending the scene with that gives it a real wah wah feeling, and especially when he says the line, and then the the priest gives him a look, and then we cut to the um the I like it like that song starts playing, and the saint um this isn't Cardi B, this isn't um who who was it who did the original song called I like it like that? I want to say Pete Rodriguez, um. Uh, this isn't that. This is another one. This is a country music version. And um, and it's okay. I like it like that. So I like it like that. I like it with a baseball bat. Is that not... Is that, am I making that up? That's not what they sing in the song. Um, but uh, it, it's, I, I, I kind of wish the priest had said a little more. Um, it, it, that's, that's a bit of a weird scene where it kind of sets a whole mess of stuff up. And then ends with the Hound of the Baskervilles gag, and then the comment that the wolf attacked on the hind legs, which would have made it over six feet tall, and then another gag. And then the priest giving him a look like, oh, you like I said, wah, wah. And you would have thrown the laugh track in there for a few seconds, and then as the laugh track was dying out, you would have seen the Pappy and Harriet's Pioneer Town Palace, like it like that, would have started playing. We'd, we see Ted, you don't know he's named Ted yet, but he's this is Clive Turner, writer, director, producer, uh, head accountant. And having said that, um, I think it says in the credits that he's the head accountant of a CPA or something like this. And Ted, in fact, looks like a um, a CPA who's let us, you know, a CPA, and maybe it's um, well, it's October, so it's not tax time yet. So he just like like over a, you know over the um, you know over the summer and the early autumn, he lets his hair grow out real long, and he 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 bikes around every place, and uh, he's he's now in Barstow, you know, he's he's due back, you know, in um. Which do back in uh, I don't know uh, Livermore in a in a week uh, to start working on someone's taxes, but he lets his hair grow out real long. Maybe he tucks his hair into a hat or or something, or puts it in a ponytail. This was the mid '90s. He could have put it in a ponytail or something like that while he was doing his accounting stuff. But he really truly does look like um, an accountant out um, biking for the weekend. And uh, but that's not bad. I mean. That's that you know, and not 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 everyone can make a living off of being a biker. You know, think of um, think of uh, uh, Rene Martinez Jr.'s Road of Death. You know, the bikers in that who cause all the trouble and get their revenge taken out on them. In at the end of the movie, um, how does the the guy find out where the head biker lives? I, if I remember correctly, the head biker leaves his wallet behind somewhere, and he lives in a nicely furnished apartment down, you know, in the middle of town. You know, he's just just because he's a biker doesn't mean that he, you know he's you know you can be a biker for I guess for a living, and those are the kind of people they make you know reality shows about. I always think with like the Pioneer Town Palace, if this had been made ten years later, fifteen years later, this would have been a great reality show. Seeing all these people over the next eighty. Five or so episodes of this this podcast, you will find out that this is more or less a reality show based around the people at the Pioneer Town Palace. I'd like to go into them in more detail here, but we don't really meet any of them. We see them, and we will get to know them. And Ted says, you know, good day, mate. Uh, could I get a beer? Um, which is horrible Australian accent. The funny thing is, to me, that sounded like a great Australian accent. But you say that to someone who's Australian, and they will laugh at you and tell you why it's wrong. But then you listen to it, and you go, hey, that sounded pretty good. But no, never never do an Australian accent for someone who is Australian, because they will tell you why you're wrong. They won't, they won't be mean, because generally most of the Australians I've met, except that guy in Wolf Creek, 
um, you know, have been, not that I met him, but, you know, have been nice people. But so, so to meet Clive, and he's an Australian, which, which makes one think, hey, remember that guy at the beginning? Who had, who's Watson? Or whatever it was. You know, he was like, oh, he was Australian or similar too. What's going on? Where This is Barstow. <laughs> this is like in California in the desert. This is, what are all these Australians doing here? And I wonder, you wonder, is it an all-Australian pioneer town palace whatever that means we don't know what that means at that moment um okay here's what i'll do so so the minute yeah so so ted looks through the um uh the the thing at jukebox he doesn't look happy and he asks for a beer and the guy says pour my beer let me just get you a little brief I'll, I'll just do a little brief since we saw harriet and pappy's pioneer town palace let me just tell you about this real quickly i didn't need to tell you about it quickly but why would i tell you slow here listen to this well, the history is actually kind of lengthy because back in the um, uh, 40s, uh, they, um, uh, for Gene Autry and I believe Roy Rogers, they built basically, um, uh, it's, it's a, like a Western movie sets, facades for all of their movies. And there was, there was the bank, uh, saloon, chapel, cantina, and, um, and that area, which was Pioneer Town, which is now an actual place, was uh, used for lots and lots of movies. That cantina set became what is now, and still is, Pioneer Town Palace. Pappy, well, I won't say. Well, we'll, we'll say later on. Um, but, um, uh, and, and it was, I think, in, in the 70s, Harriet's mom bought the cantina and made it into, like, a biker bar that lasted for a while. And then in the 80s, um, her daughter, who's Harriet, and her uh, husband... Who was um, uh, Pappy? Uh, her name is Cla Claude Allen. Claude Pappy Allen. Pappy and Harriet opened it up as Pioneer Town Palace, as sort of a um, uh, uh, Tex-Mex live music bikery bar sort of uh, thing. Um, that I mean, to me, when I looks like uh, when I look at it, it looks like a mix of sort of because of where it was built it looks like it looks like a mix of sort of like real kind of biker bar with tough guys who beat you up alongside of a bit of sort of hollywood um at, at the same time you know like so so they beat you up but if you were an agent they give you a headshot kind of thing so so that's what it is pioneer town yeah built built originally as a set sort of becomes sort of a town and and this this place has been harry and uh, pappy and harriet's has been going now since the 80s and uh, which is pretty cool. So, so that's that's where a lot of this movie is going to be set. This is the interior here. I have never been. I've probably driven by it. I would like to go one day. I think it is. I did look it up. They are just they are open right now. Uh, masks required, and they still have um, you know live music and such. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. But uh, but I'll just stop it there because we'll go more into the place and because I think they have their own hotels because we'll see like a hotel um, kind of. Um, in a little bit and um but we'll we'll go into it more as we go we, we leave it here with the bartender who we'll meet properly soon i'm about to pour beer for ted um the resident cpa biker australian and that oh that's the end of the episode everyone hey thanks thanks so much for listening um this is episode five i yeah i hope you guys are enjoying these you know i um I hadn't really planned on doing all three, because yeah, I'm, I'm doing two other minute by minutes at the same time. I didn't plan on doing all three all the way through, but but um, everyone who's responded to them, their responses have been, hey, we're really enjoying them. So 
you know, rather than, hey, this one stinks, focus on this one. So we'll, we'll keep it moving, keep it going, see how it's uh, happening uh, here. But yeah, thanks for listening. This was episode five of Howling 2 and 7 2. Uh, listen to a little bit of music. We'll be here next time. Mm-hmm.